This is episode two of 101 Days Away, and as promised, I'm away. I've gone really far away. I am in the heart of the jungle in Peru, and it took me two flights, two boat rides, and an hour-long hike to get where I am right now, so I'm officially off the grid. And when I say two flights, I'm not counting the three flights it took for me to actually get to Cusco. So it was actually five. There's electricity here most of the day and hot water, but no internet, no Wi-Fi. And it's kind of refreshing just to watch the sunset and listen to all the animals surrounding me. And to think about the fact that I'm also staring at a lake filled with piranhas. Yeah, it's a little wild over here, guys. We'll see how it ends up. Before we go any further, just a quick timeout to let you know that if you want to see any photos to go along with the story, just head over to my website, thekitchen.com. I spent my first nights in Peru in the Sacred Valley. I flew into Cusco, but went straight to the Sacred Valley since Cusco's elevation is so high. Cusco's over 11,000 feet high, and that can cause pretty intense altitude sickness, whereas it's significantly lower in both the Sacred Valley and at Machu Picchu. When I was in the Sacred Valley, I hired a taxi driver, and he took me to some of the most famous Inca sites in the area. I know everyone thinks of Machu Picchu, but there's actually a lot more to see there. My first stop was the Mara salt mines. These salt mines are different than others. It's a series of evaporation pools on a cliffside, and as the water evaporates, the salt crystallizes and is collected. I have made it to Maris, which is a town known for its salt. There are pools of water and salt just perched on a cliffside, surrounded by the most beautiful green mountains I have ever seen. It's a working salt mine. The locals are there working, and visitors are allowed to walk along the edge of the terraces and enjoy the view. And salt has been collected this way since Inca times. It's actually an old Inca site. It's also a bit of an Instagram hangout these days, but definitely worth seeing, and it's an easy trip if you're staying in the Sacred Valley. The very kind Peruvian gentleman that sat next to me on the plane um, to, to Peru told me that I needed to come here. I'm so glad that I did. I think that's the best part about traveling is meeting people along the way and meeting locals and getting their opinion on what you should do because I think their advice is always the best advice. From there, we drove through the mountains to Marais, which is an ancient Inca agricultural archaeological site. The Incas were known for growing on terraces, so they used different elevations of land to test out different agricultural techniques, and that's what they did here. The temperature difference between the top and the bottom is 15 degrees, so it's much cooler in the bottom. The Moray site has three different terraces. They're all circular, and that makes them a bit different than the others that you see around the Sacred Valley. Most of them are just steps up the side of a hilltop or mountain. These are circular, they're much more scenic, and that's made them a bit more famous. My last stop was Olante Tambo, an Incan ruin that shares its name with the town where it's located. It's particularly important because of its large scale and excellent condition. Most significantly, it was the last Inca stronghold during the time that the Spanish were conquering the area. Olante Tambo is a large step structure that towers over the town below. It's on the side of a large hill, and from the top you gain a sweeping view of the valleys below. 
just outside of the ruins, locals sell handmade goods at a small market. Most people that come to Peru come to see Machu Picchu. Not everyone takes time to explore the sacred valley or to see some of the other Inca ruins in the area. And there are more beyond the ones I just mentioned. I would definitely recommend staying in the sacred valley, the lower altitude, and the fact it's closer, about 90 minutes closer to Machu Picchu just makes it a really convenient place to stay. On my second day in the Sacred Valley, I headed to Machu Picchu, which was one of the main reasons I planned this trip. It takes a lot to get me out of bed before the sun rises, but Machu Picchu was one of those things. It's 5.50 in the morning and I just boarded the train to Machu Picchu. I decided to take the train instead of walking the Inca Trail based on my sister's recommendation. Uh, she said that it's more about seeing Machu Picchu than it is getting there. And I also wanted to spend my time, my limited time in Peru, seeing the Inca sites instead of hiking my way to one of them. Getting to Machu Picchu is not that easy. You would think that a major historical site and one of the biggest supporters of tourism in this country would be easy to get to, but it's not. First, you need to get to the Olante Tambo train station. If you're in Cusco, that's a 90-minute drive. If you're in the Sacred Valley already, it's maybe about 20 minutes. You need to get there 30 minutes early so you can get your train ticket. Then the train, which is not the fastest train in the world, I think it maxes out at 45 miles an hour or something like that. Uh, it takes 90 minutes to get you to Machu Picchu Station. You might think that you're there, but you're not. From there, you need to load into a bus, make sure you have the ticket, and then you get to Machu Picchu. All in all, that takes about two and a half hours just before you can even set foot in Machu Picchu. Of course, it's totally worth the time. I just want to let you know what you're getting into before you head there yourself. When you book your ticket to Machu Picchu, you have the option to also book a hike. There are two hikes available. These are different than the hikes on the Inca Trail. These are hikes that you start at Machu Picchu. They're up mountains beside the site, and one is a little bit harder than the other. And, of course, the easy one books out months in advance, which meant I had to do the harder one. I'm hiking up the mountain beside Machu Picchu, and it's harder than I anticipated. And it's hard to keep my breath, but I've been told that the view makes it worth it. After almost two hours of hiking, strenuous hiking, steep stones hiking, I'm almost at the top. And the cool air up here is really nice and refreshing. I made it to the top of the mountain and it is amazing. The views are incredible. We're surrounded by mountains. There's this fresh, cool air coming in, and I suddenly feel a lot less tired than I did 30 minutes ago. Going down is so much easier. The cool thing about this hike is that there's just so much vegetation on this mountain. You just feel like you're hiking through the jungle, and it's just so incredible, and you're surrounded by mountains. It's definitely one of the coolest hikes I've ever done. I would like to let you know that after that grueling hike up Machu Picchu Mountain, my legs were shaky for the next two days. It's not easy, guys. Machu Picchu is one of those places that doesn't disappoint. It lives up to all the pictures that you've ever seen of it and more. 
it's overwhelmingly cool and there's so much to explore and then you can also hike the mountains beside it so it's a place you can easily spend an entire day. After exploring Machu Picchu and the Sacred Valley, I embarked on a journey to the jungle. My first steps into the jungle are being greeted with thunder. See how this goes. We're chasing after the sound of monkeys in the middle of the jungle. Our first monkeys. Yes, our first monkeys of the trip. We're paddling across the lake and we're the only people out here on it. And the sun is shining and we seem to have beat the thunderstorms that were chasing us earlier. I'm staying at a jungle lodge on Lake Sandoval. The lake is an offshoot from a river that is an offshoot from the Amazon. It's a wildlife refuge. There are four jungle lodges on the lake and half the lake is not accessible by humans. It's just completely protected. Only researchers are allowed there. By staying in a reserve like this, there's just a lot more animals. You get to see a lot more, um, which is why I picked it. The lodge itself has simply a comfortable rooms. This lodge does have electricity all day long, which is great. Uh, not that I really need it that much. I charge up my phone so I can listen to music. There's no Wi-Fi here, which is actually such a wonderful release. Um, but there's a fan over the bed. There's obviously no air conditioning, but the fan gets the air moving and it keeps me cool. There's hot water. I'm able to take a hot shower, which is strangely the perfect shower temperature. It's great. Um, there's a big sitting room and a small bar. <laughs> there's a bartender at night, which is funny because there are three of us staying here, but we all sat and had beers last night. Uh, they serve us three meals a day, obviously, because there's no other place to go. We're just in the middle of the jungle. And the staff's been really accommodating. There are hammocks. I took a nap in one yesterday. And there are boats, there are canoes that we use to get here, and we also use them at night to go out on the lake and explore. All of the activities here are based around nature. Even just getting here was an activity because we had to hike an hour through the jungle, and that hike was fantastic. It wasn't very challenging, which was important considering the fact that my legs were still like jello after hiking Machu Picchu Mountain. But we saw three different types of monkeys and a bunch of different birds and butterflies and a tarantula. And then once we've gotten here, we've been going on different nature hikes. We went on a nighttime hike, which was mildly terrifying. It's nighttime and we've come into the jungle to see if we can find any interesting animals. So far we've seen lizards and tree frogs, but we're on the hunt for Cayman. And then we've been on hikes during the day and we've gone out on the lake a couple times to see different animals. My guide, Carmen, has a really great idea as to when animals are gonna be in specific places. We were able to see the very beloved and somewhat famous otters that live in the lake. There are seven of them. It's a family of otters and we saw four. We saw them out in the middle of the lake, grabbed a canoe and paddled out yesterday and all of a sudden we were surrounded by them. They were looking at us 
as they bobbed their heads up when they were fishing, making this incredible sound like, it was really funny. I think they were somewhat startled to see us and they were completely out of breath after diving deep to get their fish. Last night, we took the canoe out again and we went around the perimeter of part of the lake where we were able to see these big, giant, ugly birds called stinky birds that look like ugly, beautiful turkeys with blue faces and colorful wings. They make a ton of noise, so they're easy to find. (laughs) We saw some tiny caimans. I had no idea how small they are when they're little. Uh, They can actually be eaten by different birds in the area. We saw some beautiful herons, and we saw macaws flying over us. It's fascinating to see the different wildlife that lives in the area, and I've been thrilled to see so many incredible birds I've never been much of a bird watcher, but now I'm kind of into it. We're in a boat paddling along the edge of the lake, searching for birds and other animals. We're listening to stinky birds on the edge of the lake. And they look kind of like a turkey with a blue face. The most intimidating sound in the jungle is the sound of the howler monkeys. The sun has gone down and we are searching for caimans as bats fly right past us. I've been in the Amazon rainforest for two nights now. Last night I was woken up by a thunderstorm and pouring, pouring rain that lasted for hours and hours. The lake caused the sounds to echo so the thunder seemed more intense than it probably was. I've woken up and the rain has stopped. It's still very wet here. The last little bits of rain are dripping down through the trees. The canopy of trees here is so thick. There are so many giant palms and tall, tall, super straight trees like I've never seen before. Yesterday we were on a hike and it started to rain but barely any water got on us because the canopy is so thick. I've been amazed at how many vibrantly colored butterflies we've seen. We saw one yesterday that was translucent and just had the tiniest bit of color. It was next to impossible to photograph. We've seen three different types of monkeys and herons, macaws, some pretty terrifying tarantulas. One of them is in the tree outside my room. Uh, And just so much incredible wildlife and vegetation a lot of the plants have medicinal uses and Carmen was explaining them to me if somebody here is not feeling well they use the plants to remedy themselves I'm so glad that I came here this is such an amazing part of the world and it's so different than anything I've experienced 
some of the plants I've seen seem like they came out of the movie Avatar. Like, they can't possibly be real. They're so vibrantly colored and oddly shaped. The people here are incredibly nice. The food is very good. I feel great. The fear when you're doing something like this is, of course, getting sick. Um, but that hasn't been an issue for me so far. I'm a little concerned about the hike back to get to the airport because I think it's going to be extremely muddy. They have waterproof bags that they can put my belongings in and my important belongings, my laptop and anything like that is waiting for me at the at the office of the, the travel company. So at least I know that's safe <laughs> and that there's clean, dry clothing there at the very least. We're paddling back on the lake and eventually we'll make it to the airport <laughs> after our hike and our second boat ride. We've just seen a caiman up really close and there are so many butterflies of all different colors flying around. And then there are some birds perched up high in the trees. Tonight I am heading to Cusco and then from there I will be going on to New Zealand. That's going to take me, the longest flight is 13 hours. It's going to take over a full day. I lose a day going there. It's going to be a completely different experience with nature, which is what I was aiming for with this trip. Thank you for listening and following along on the trip. I've been loving the messages I've been getting on Instagram. Starting tomorrow, I am going to be exploring New Zealand, and that will be the topic of next week's episode.